Mama. A word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them, too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours, too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the the Mamahood. Hello, Mamas. Welcome to another episode of the Mamahood Podcast. We are so excited to welcome one of my favorite people to the show today, Kendra Hennessy. Hi, Kendra. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. This is a real treat. Kendra, you are the creator of Mother Like a Boss, which is a podcast, online community, and a program that helps everyday moms better organize their lives, feel empowered, get on top of cleaning their home, and basically just mother like a boss. (laughs) Um, Yes. And like I told you before we started recording, I had Kendra on my other podcast about a year ago, and I've just been dying to chat with her ever since because of our conversation. It was one of my very favorites. So thanks so much for coming on, Kendra. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This will be great. Okay. So, Kendra, just to get started, tell our listeners what your family looks like, how many kids you have, um, and just why you're so passionate about helping moms. Yeah. uh, So, I am a mother of two. I have a 12-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son, and they keep us very busy. We have a very full (laughs) life. Uh, It's interesting when they're when they're babies and you are like chasing them around. You think that's the most exhausting time. But I have to say that having an almost teenager just as exhausting. (laughs) So uh, in a different way, though. Um, And so, yeah, we we live in upstate New York. I'm married to my uh, husband, Adam. We've been married for just over 12 years. And I'm really passionate about helping moms because I I believe that even with all of the new uh, podcasts and blogs and resources out there for moms, I still do believe that they are a very underserved part of the population. And I believe that that's just because we all think that moms can do everything. So it's like, well, why do moms really need help with anything? Because moms are the person we go to when we need help. Like if you need something, you just go to your mom. Right? I'm, I'm almost... 36 and I still go to my mom when I need help. <laughs> totally. So. I do too. And it's funny because I just like expect exactly. her to come to my beck and call, but like <laughs> I'm yeah. a mom, so I should know better, right? <laughs> exactly. And I feel like all of the moms throughout the entire uh, history of the earth have done the same thing. Like you become a mom and you think, oh, now I'm going to know what to do. But you, we're all just learning. And then my mm-hmm. mom always says, even though she has three grown kids, she's still learning because she's never had grown kids before. So now she's learning new things. And I really just love serving moms because I am all about empowerment. I want to give moms back their power uh, in their homes and their families, in their relationships. And it's very important to me to, uh, to serve moms through uh, empowerment and also realistic and simplistic changes because some of the stuff out there for moms is very unrealistic. It's mm-hmm. not something that is helpful. It's very, um, I often say that it's kind of airy-fairy, the, like <laughs> even some of the, hmm, the mom motivation stuff. It's just like, you can do 
it. It's like, mm, how is she going to do it though? Right. Can we give her that? Mm-hmm. Can we give her mm-hmm. something? Um, so I want things to be realistic and, and realistic and simplistic for moms because Lord knows we don't need to overcomplicate anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I love that so much. And our audience is primarily moms who are um, what we like to call in the trenches of early motherhood. These are moms that are knee deep in diapers and toddlerhood. So just to start off, do you remember much about this time in motherhood for you? Was it all a blur or how would you describe yourself when you were a mom in the early years? Yeah, um, I do. I do remember it. It's funny that it was so long ago because some days it doesn't seem that long ago at all. And other mm-hmm. days it seems like it was a million years ago. Um, but I, I, so I'm the oldest of a lot of kids. So a lot of my uh, siblings had kids after me. Like my sister just had a baby four weeks ago. So the great oh, okay. thing is that I'm always submerged in it. I'm always sort of like in it, even if I'm not the mom mm-hmm. and that helps to bring back a lot of those memories. Um, so For me, the most difficult time was always, um, for both of my kids, was like the 18 months to three years time. That time Mm -hmm. was, uh, it was a lot for me to handle, even when I just had one child and she was a pretty good one, because they're just starting to walk, but they're not very good at it. (laughs) And so they're not sturdy and they're climbing things and jumping off things and they easily get hurt and they don't really listen (laughs) and they... Don't they don't it's really so eat what you want them to do? You're just it, exactly. To you're just like, yeah. You're like, oh, this is so tiring. And then they sort of hit a stage when um, I just remember, like, the first time I went to a park and I didn't have to like watch and make sure that he wasn't climbing to the very top and jumping off or something. Like, uh-huh. and I'm not even a helicopter parent. I'm pretty like standoffish. Like, uh, just do what you want and make sure you're not bleeding or nothing's broken. <laughs> but even still you know, you want to make sure your kids are safe. And so for me, it was that that period that was really difficult. And that is why I just have such a a love and a respect for moms, parents in, in general, that have kids like back to back, because mm-hmm. I didn't have that. My kids are six years apart. And so when I see a mom that has like, four or under five or something, I'm like, bless your heart, because (laughs) that is a level of that's a level of motherhood that I never had. Um, So yeah, I just think when I was in the trenches, then the thing that helped me the most was asking for help. And I wish I had done if I could go back in time and do anything, I would ask for more help, I would demand help, I would Mm -hmm. just be I would be open to help from any anyone, I wouldn't say things like no, I'm good. When someone said, hey, do you need help? I would say, absolutely. Could you go throw a load of laundry in for me while I feed the baby? Like, that's what I would do now if I could go back. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that reminds me. I just barely was talking to somebody who was like, if there's a new mom... Um, and you want to help them, you need to go put a sign on their door that says, if you want to come in, here's a list of chores you have to do before you can hold the baby. And I was like, that (laughs) is genius. (laughs) It's so true because they think they're helping by holding the baby when you're like, I just have, I mean, sometimes it is help when they hold the baby and you can like shower, but it is, it is so hard. Um, Okay. So I kind of want to dive back. I just love how you seriously have so many amazing topics and courses you offer through your podcast and online. But I love what you said earlier just about um, how much you empower and celebrate the role of homemaker. So, you know, Mm. often today just in society, I just feel like we don't give enough credit to this role. And sometimes it's almost looked at as negatively. And I don't know, what would you say or what does it mean to you to be a homemaker and why is this role so important? 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you that I think now in in our modern age, it's uh, in some circles it's looked down on, um, and it's it's almost seen as as a lesser role. Like if mm-hmm. you're uh, if you're especially if you're like a stay at home mom, that's like a you know a, a lesser role. Like you're lesser of a woman like nowadays. You're just and I, a mom. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, well, you don't have to go out and like, and like work too. And that just breaks my heart when I see that because every mom is just doing her best every day. And we also don't know what people's circumstances are. You don't know if that stay at home mom is doing that by choice or if she's doing that because she really has to, because they, right. they can't really afford childcare. Who know? You don't know what people's situations are. And to me, homemaking is more than the sum of its parts. So it's not the cleaning, the cooking, the doing the laundry, the meal prep, the cleaning up after your kids. It's not that. It's it's more than that. That's all home management. That's just that was that stuff you'd have to do even if you didn't have children. Honestly, right. um, if you were just a single person, you would still have to do your laundry and clean up or get someone to do it for you. To me, homemaking is more about the culture that you create in your home. I'm really big about uh, creating a culture in our home that is based on our values and our priorities as a family, not just me as a mom. Um, And that takes a lot of open communication. And that's sometimes difficult for moms to open up and say, let's sit down and have a conversation. Let's have a family meeting, even if that seems really like full house-ish and a little (laughs) cheesy. Like, how can we just sit down for 10 minutes and discuss like, hey, what do we all want out of our home and what do we want out of our family? Because um, I notice that people often think that they're, they have problems. Like my kids don't do chores. Uh, my, my kids won't help with cleaning. My, uh, my husband won't do this. My, it's those they think are the problems. But what I found is those are actually the symptoms of the problem. And the problem, the main problem is usually that we've created a culture in our home that's, that's disconnected. Like there's a disconnect between what you value and what you're actually doing. So a lot of people say they value family time but then they load themselves up with a bunch of extracurriculars. Well, you can't have both. If your value is free time and your value is family time, then you're not really living to that value by filling your schedule up with a bunch of volunteer opportunities and sports for your kids and extracurriculars. So all of that plays into homemaking, in at least in my world and what I teach. Um, and it's teaching moms to be okay with homemaking on their terms. So whether you are a stay-at-home mom, a mom that leaves every morning to go to work, a mom that stays home to work in her office like I do, or something in between, you're allowed to find a way to run your home in a way that feels good for you. And you don't have to love it. You don't have to love all the components of home management to make them work for you. That's great. I love that so much. And I want to dive a little bit more into this power that we have to to create our family culture because Um, I feel like sometimes we just float through life, not really giving much thought to what is our family culture. So um, why is family culture so important? What is family culture to you? Yeah, so I look at it the same way. Um, The example that I use is if you've ever had like a job that you loved and vice versa, a job that you really hated, it's oftentimes not the job. It's the the work environment, right? The job may be like not that fun. Um, I know that when I was growing up in um, as a teenager, I 
worked in a pizzeria. And like the job may not have been that fun all the time, but the Mm -hmm. culture that was created in there was fun. And there was a lot of mutual respect. And there were very clear boundaries and of what was tolerated and what wasn't. And um, there, I don't know, it was just the culture that was really good. And likewise, I've had jobs where the workplace culture is toxic. It's Mm -hmm. negative. There are no boundaries. Things are acceptable that are completely unacceptable. And that makes a difference in how you view the job that you do. And the same goes for our family. If mm-hmm. we have a, a a toxic home or we're bringing a lot of negativity into it, um, or if we're creating a culture where, uh, so going back to like the chores, for example, because it comes up all the time. If you've created a culture where mom is the martyr who does everything and then complains about it to her kids and says, I'm always the one that has to pick these things up. I'm always the one that has to do that. Over time, that's the culture you've created. So that's your totally kids me. just recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, give me some credit because <laughs> I picked this toy up 5,000 times in one day. <laughs> oh, listen, I do the same. I caught myself the other day. I even said this to my friend friend Allie I I was like I caught myself because my daughter's job is the dishes and I was at the sink doing dishes going like I can't believe I'm doing dishes right now and then I stepped away and I was like wait a second Ava you need to get down here and do the dishes like what are you doing like it's we all do it and so I just now I'm more conscious of it I think that that's the thing about changing anything or creating a culture is just being more conscious of what you're doing. It's not necessarily that overnight you're going to be able to change because we can't, you know, those things pop into our head and we can't always just change who we are. It's more about the recognition, like when we're in that moment going like, ooh, this probably isn't very beneficial. This isn't going to be helping anyone. So why don't I step back and see if I can change that around? And I'm also big on involving everyone in your house in as much as possible because I view us as a team like Mm -hmm. we're just four people who are a team together and the more we get done together the more time we have to go do fun things but if Mm -hmm. mom is spending all the time doing everything mom's not really in the mood to take you to the park because mom's cranky and it is so true and I feel like half half of it for me is complaining to my husband like my job at home is just so much harder than your job away (laughs) so I love that I love that point but I want to kind of know how um how can we figure out and basically how do we implement those family cultures like how do we how do what are some ideas or how can we figure out what our family culture is or how did you kind of come to that and and realize what yours is yeah and yeah yeah um, so I, I always look at values first, like what your values are. Um, and I think sometimes we, uh, we think we have certain values, but honestly, if your day-to-day life, if the things you're doing are not mirroring those, mirroring those values, then you have to ask yourself, is this really that important to me? So again, with like the free time or family time, like people will say family is so important and, you know, spending time with my kids is the most important important thing, but then the the things that they're doing each day don't line up with that. And that doesn't make one wrong or right. It doesn't mean that that you're a bad person because it's not aligning with that value. It could mean that maybe your values are different. Maybe instead of family time being important, maybe like the extracurriculars are actually more important to you. And so then you just have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times it goes back to the whole like 
wanting to have the like both things. I hate using the having your cake and eating it too because honestly, I don't want to have cake if I can't eat it. Like, I'm <laughs> just being honest, but my deal. Like, we want to be able to say, yeah, right. I never understood that that, that phrase. Like, if I <laughs> if there's cake in front of me, I don't want to just have the cake. I want to eat cake. <laughs> like, like, who does no want cake. a cake and not want to eat it too? I mean, where does <laughs> yeah. this even? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who at their birthday gets a cake, blows out the candles, and go. Well, that was a nice cake. Thank you. And then like that's it. No. <laughs> So I think that it's like the wanting all of the things. Um, And I do think that 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 plays into like the social media culture of seeing everything else that everyone else is doing all the time Mm -hmm. and thinking, well, I have to be all those things. So not only do I have to have a really clean home, but I also have to have um, my kids have to have all the toys. But then on the flip side, I want to be a minimalist. So we don't want to have a lot of toys. So it's all of these competing ideas mm-hmm. instead of just sitting down and really looking into what is really important to me and what's important to us mm-hmm. as a family. So And letting go of us, what, uh, what's uh, important yeah. to other people and instead focusing yes. on what's important to you. Yes, that's exactly true. Like uh, there is a Greg McKeon quote from his book, Essentialism, that oh, I quote all the time because ever. it's... Oh, it's so good, right? It's like, I think it's it should be required reading for everyone. It seriously it's should. so good. Yeah. Um, but he says, prioritize your life or someone else will. And when I read that, I, I'm pretty sure that I just cried because even thinking about it now, it's such a powerful quote because if you don't prioritize your life, if you don't put the priorities in, someone will do it for you. You just won't notice it because you'll start to live through other people's obligations and other people's priorities. And then Mm -hmm. that'll just become the way you're living. So I want my family and my home to run based on our values, not someone else's. And that does not mean that my values are better than someone else's or worse. It just means that they're mine. For sure. So how is establishing culture separate from the day-to-day activities of motherhood? So I think that they kind of play hand in hand in a way because you can't, you can't create a culture if you're not every day doing things to lead towards that. So like, for example, you can't say like, okay, we want to create a culture where, um, where we're a team and then every single day you're the only one doing anything and you're like allowing your kids to sit on the iPad while you're vacuuming every single day or something Mm -hmm. like, and again, that's not wrong or right. It's just, you can't, you're never going to get to that place if the day-to-day tasks that you're doing are not leading to that. So I always say that you, you have to work from the top down. So you have to work from your values, which create your priorities, which create your goals, which create your day-to-day life. Like, which create the, the things that you do every day. So in, most people start with the bottom. Most people are like, I just need to do stuff to get to my goals and then I'll figure out what's important to men mm-hmm. my values. But that's not the way that it works. You have to go the opposite way. So it's much easier to figure out what to do every day if you know what's important to you and what's not. Kind of like a business. It's like running a business. If I know what my goal is and I know what my value is in our company, then I can make decisions based on that. I can make this all of my decisions instead of going the opposite way. So really your day-to-day tasks are just um, what's, what's important to you and what's not. If you're saying that your value is uh, feeding your kids like all organic food, then you, then your day-to-day life would have to reflect that. So it means maybe spending extra time at the grocery store, store, maybe understanding that your budget is going to have to be more because that's what's important to you. It's not saying, well, 
that's important to me. But at the same time, I'm going to stop at McDonald's and get something because I because I'm not willing to spend the time to meal plan. Like, and again, that's not wrong or right. It's just it's based on your values or your priorities. Well, it's almost like respecting respecting what you're wanting to have happen instead of just letting exactly. shiz hit the fan <laughs> right yes that it's it's living for your life instead of just like in spite of it yeah you know yeah. I love that perspective and living intentionally like that what you're doing has meaning and there's intention behind it instead of just kind of letting what happens happen yeah. to you every yeah. day right um, exactly. but I love the whole value system like just having those val- like your core values of your family I just think that's, that's I so love awesome. that too and would you would you go about like establishing these values with like talking to your husband and your kids about what your family values are like how does how do you go about implementing your family values into the lives of every single person in your family uh, yeah I think that it um, for, for me at least it started with my husband because I kind of view us as like a co-captains of the ship. So if we're not on board with each other, then we're like going to hit an iceberg and go down. So we should probably be on the same page. Um, and I also feel like that's a, that's a good idea just to always be on the, always get on the same page as your partner or spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it really also just depends on the age of your kids. I mean, if you have like a one-year-old, then maybe it's not <laughs> the time to like this is our value. Screaming and tantruming is not our family value. Right. <laughs> exactly. But isn't that funny? So you said that, but we all kind of do that every day because if, if you like, if your kid hits somebody and you're like, no, 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 we don't do that. We, we say those things already. We're like, mm. we don't mm-hmm. do that. We don't hit people. A lot of, and I hear tons of moms say that, which I love. Instead of don't hit them, we just right. say like, no, we don't hit people. We don't treat people that way in the house. And that then gives the responsibility to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. no, in this house, we don't show our emotions by hitting people. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of that way just with everything that you're doing, just figuring out a way to discuss that. And I also, uh, I learned from my friend, Rachel Bailey, who runs like a, a parenting, uh, site. And she kind of talks about like using the times when your kids are being quote unquote bad or doing something bad, using that as a really great opportunity to talk about those things. So mm-hmm. inevitably our kids are going to do th- things we don't like because they're always learning. Mm-hmm. And that's really a great time to bring up like why don't we do those things? And why do you think that that maybe wasn't the best way? And then explaining why in this house, that's not something we value. We don't, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not something that's, um, that kind of goes against what's really important to us. And, you know, those kind of things. So I think it's, uh, for us now with having a 12 year old and a six year old, it's much easier to sit down with them and talk to them about it. Or even doesn't have to be a sit down. It could be like in the car when you're just driving, and having a discussion, it doesn't have to be like, everybody sit down at this time and we can have a values discussion because mm-hmm. most kids would be bored by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I love what you said, though, about using those those quote unquote bad behavior times as an opportunity to direct it for good. And I've yeah. been reading a lot lately about time ins as opposed to time outs, where yeah. when our kids misbehave instead of, you know, isolating them and separating them from everybody using that as a time to actually connect with them and talk through their behavior and how to correct it and then it becomes like a positive uplifting experience and um I just agree with you (laughs) 
I agree with you yeah. so hard, so wholeheartedly. Awesome. So hard. <laughs> I agree with you so hard. So hard. <laughs> I agree with you so hard. But I do love, sorry, do you mind if I say it? Yeah. I do love when you said, in this house, we do not do this. Or, you know, just yeah. that phrase. Yeah. I think it's so important. That's been one that's been a recent one that, I feel like I kind of have to have the, this like toolbox of phrases that I say when I'm in the heat of the moment. That way I can pull them out when I need to. And with mine, it's like, no, we do not hit in this house. You know, I, it's a constant in this house. We do not do this. And I love that you said that because we're the moms. We set the tone for that. And what happens in our house, we direct mm-hmm. a lot. And so like if my kid, I mean, th- maybe this is bad, but he goes outside if he's going to scream because we don't scream in our house yep. or, you know, like right. take that outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go outside. Exactly. And I have to boot him outside sometimes, but I'm like, we, I'm not going to have a house that's full of that, you know? So I think it's so, I just think what you said is so important. Well, and it goes back to that power we have as homemakers that like, that is in our role and in our power. And that's why it's so important is because we are establishing the culture that our kids grow up in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I do think that, um, that a lot of it, this is probably a whole, whole other discussion, but in a lot of ways, moms and parents in general have given up their power over the last couple of decades. They've given over the so power true. to children's peers, to mm-hmm. the media, to social social media now. They've kind of given up that control and mm-hmm. said like, well, what am I supposed to do about it? I mean, now that I have an almost teenager and I see the peers around her and I see parents say, things like, well, you know, she's just on her phone all the time or she's on this. And I'm like, well, she doesn't own that phone. She's 12. Take the phone Mm -hmm. away. Saying, you know what? If we're not going to follow the rules and we're not going to um, be able to do that, then you're not going to have the phone anymore. And it's simple, but it's not always easy. And so I think a lot of times we have to recognize that we've given away that power. And a lot of people don't want to do that because that means taking responsibility and that's difficult. It's more, it's, Mm -hmm. it's much easier to say, well, I don't have any control. I can't control my kids. I can't control the situation, but we do have control. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And that kind of ties a little bit into what I, the last thing I really want to talk through. And that is, you know, part of establishing the culture in our homes is the language we use and what we say, the phrases we use. And I loved your episode that you had about the five words and phrases that you don't use in your home. And I would just love for you to share maybe a couple of those, maybe a couple of your favorites that you like to talk through that could be um, useful for these, these moms in the trenches. Yeah, I, I am a big believer in the power of words, especially over the last five years or so that I've gotten um, more deep into mindfulness and how our words create our thoughts, which then create our actions and and so forth and how powerful they are. And then seeing it in my own life, how the things that I was saying were affecting the way that I was acting and then the consequences. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a couple of the things that I said said in my episode, uh, one that is probably the most important thing that we don't say is we never now say uh, that's too expensive. So uh, this is really important to me because money um, money is a very loaded topic and money, it, I love money and I love the discussion of money and which is very odd because most women don't and most moms just kind of like don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I love talking about it and that's because I've become more mindful and conscious of it. So in our house, 
we just, we don't say it's too expensive because I don't want to put in my kid's head the ideas that things are out of reach for them Hmm. or that uh, I also don't want to put the stigma of this is what uh, expensive looks like and this is what inexpensive looks like because that's all subjective. So this phone that I'm talking on right now to somebody else could be very expensive and to someone else who, who... have a brand new iPhone 11 or whatever we're on now um, would say like, oh, that's that's like a cheap phone, right? So it's mm-hmm. all subjective. So instead, we just say we're choosing not to spend our money on that right now. So mm-hmm. uh, or we say that that is, um, you know, a different price. Like I'll see a, a home that like because we're looking at houses and building a house and stuff. And instead of saying like, oh, that house is so expensive. I'll say, wow, that is a that is a higher value house or that's like a luxury home. Mm. Um, we're probably not going to choose to spend our money on that. We're not going to budget our money for that. But it's really nice because to someone else, it isn't expensive because someone lives there. Um, and I, money, again, is a very important subject in our home to be very open and honest about because I want my children to have a really good relationship. Uh, relationship with money and not grow up with a bunch of money blocks that a lot of us have. So that's probably the number one most important one. Well, and it's all relative. So I I just love that so much. Like that just changed my perspective a little bit. Like, yeah, for some people, it's not too expensive. So how can we better phrase that to help our children also just become aware of the way that money works in the world? You know? Yeah. I want to hear another one of these phrases. This is like amazing. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. So one of the other ones that uh, that I used to hate as a kid, I used to hate when my friend's parents said it. So then I said, as a parent, I'm not going to say this is uh, we'll tell you when you're older. So um, I we're a very we're a very open household. Uh, we're very open with communication. I want my children to come to me with the most uncomfortable things ever, even when it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. because then I know that they'll um, they'll get the right information from me or their father instead of like uh, their peers, which oftentimes is not the place yeah. to be getting information yeah. about babies or sex or, th- you know, right. relationships, anything, yep. really. Mm-hmm. And, and so we just don't say, I'll tell you when you're older. Instead, we just try to answer it age appropriately. And then if they're continuing to ask like deeper questions, a lot of times they'll just say the way I, like I just did this my son. I was like, honey, the way I explained it is really the way that you can understand right now. Um, as you mm-hmm. learn more things, it may be easier for me to explain it even more. But for right now, the way I explained it, it's really the way that you're going to understand it. Because oh, good explaining yeah, explaining higher level things to children, even it doesn't even have to be an uncomfortable conversation. It could be like, how does a wind turbine work or something? And you're like, oh, well, I could sit and explain the minutia of it, but are you going to understand any of that? <laughs> don't just dive right um, into all these details. Right. So first of all, I don't know how a wind turbine works, so I just wouldn't be able to, but you know, things like that. And then there are those difficult conversations like... um, you know, where do we go when we die? And we, and mm-hmm. a lot of that ha- depends on your faith and again, and your values. And so, um, my son was a home birth. We had him at home and my daughter was there. She was there for the birth. And we had my mother-in-law there as her advocate so that if at any point she didn't want to be there, they could skedaddle out. But she was super involved in the pregnancy, loved it, was like really, really interested in everything. Mm. And she wanted to be there when her brother was born. And so her brother was born and it was really great. And we just explained things to her on a very six-year-old level. Um, at that 
that point, she didn't even know how the baby got in there. She just knew the baby was coming out and she was really interested. Um, and then I had a lot of people that were super judgmental of that. They were like, I don't know who lets a six-year-old, you know, watch a baby being born. And I thought, well, because at some point she's going to know that yeah. that's how a baby is born. Yeah. So for us, it was okay. For other people, not like the thought of my son now at six watching me have a baby if I did absolutely not like there's no way he would be prepared for that but my daughter was so yeah. it's okay no, oh, I, I could not yep. love this anymore I just totally agree <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you and and it's all relative like it's all dependent on on your home and and what is acceptable for you so certain people are going to explain things in a more adult way to their kids because that's something that they honor in their house and other people just aren't. We just, I don't want to ever tell my kid, you're not, I, you're not allowed to understand that right now. I'm mm -hmm. not going to tell you because what I fear is that then they're going to go ask someone else and mm -hmm. get misinformation. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to get misinformation. Yeah. yeah. And if they're wondering, then they're, they're expecting some sort of explanation. And if it doesn't come from you, it'll come from someone else. Exactly. And my daughter, because we are so open, she has come to me and told me that she's heard boys at school talking about certain things. And she's like, Mom, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they definitely don't. But that's why you ask me or your dad, because we will tell you the correct information. Yes. And <laughs> yes. I love that. I mean, you're just and that just goes back to the culture that you've created and that relationship right. you've created with her. And I just think I don't know, even in our, even talking to Mary and how me and her mother, we do our own motherhood so differently in different ways too. Yeah. And it's so beautiful in different ways. And her things that are so important to her are different from maybe mine. You know, everyone has their own values and their own important. I just, everything you're saying, I'm like making mental notes because I think it's so important to realize that and to realize that your core values are going to be different from anyone else's, but they're yours. And that's, you're in control of those that are in your house. So I yeah. just, this is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. We just love talking to moms who are step ahead um, in the whole motherhood business because <laughs> they always just yeah. have so much more perspective. But what is maybe one piece of advice that you would give to our young moms that you wish someone would have told you? I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning and ask for help. Ask for help in whatever way you need to, even or get help, seek help. Sometimes it's not asking, it's seeking. So finding um, a really trusted friend, find, finding a really good motherhood community, listening to podcasts like this, you know, um, just being open to new information is sometimes the best help that you can get. Buying a book, like investing in yourself um, and, then, and then asking for that help when you need it, not being afraid to ask for help. Most people are totally willing to help someone. They just don't know how how to help them. So mm -hmm. especially those new moms that I might see a new mom friend or a friend that has a one-year-old and a three-year-old and a five-year-old and they seem to be struggling, but I don't even know how to help her. But if she were to say, could you just do this for me? I would be like, absolutely. You know, I'd right. love to, but sometimes you just have to be okay with asking for help. It's funny how we are so hesitant to ask for help, yet if anyone asks us for help, like you said, we'd be totally willing. So, oh, yeah, I, we, it, I don't know why we do that. It's so weird. Yeah. It, it, and I think it just goes back to that feeling of like, well, I don't want to bother people. I know that's how I am. Like, well, I don't want to be a bother. I don't want what if what if they say yes out of obligation? What if it's like, no, just ask. The worst thing someone can say is no. And if that's they so say true. yes, then it's on them. Like, exactly. Then if they say yes, then they have to deal with the yes, even if they didn't want to say yes. So that's on them. It's OK. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh. 
Awesome advice. So with each episode, we do what we call like our wins and fails moments. Um, And we like to just talk about either a really awesome like motherhood win that we've had in recent history or maybe (laughs) a hilarious fail. (laughs) That we can laugh about now. (laughs) That we can laugh about now. So um, we love to ask our guests this question whenever we do interviews. Do you have like an awesome win or a funny fail or anything that you can think of from recent history? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll say a win first. So a win for me was kind of goes back to the culture, creating a culture is that uh, we got a note in the mail yesterday and my husband, it was, it was uh, from the middle school and it was addressed to my husband and myself. We opened it and it was a letter saying that my daughter had gotten the good citizenship award. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And Adam was so proud. He was like, that. Oh, that just makes me feel so good. Like, all the things you've taught your kid and then you know that they're going out into the world and like doing those things that you've Mm -hmm. taught them. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It felt, it felt so good. Uh, but I have a really great fail. And that was, (laughs) uh, when my, when my daughter was about four, I was on the phone with my mother-in-law and we were just chatting and, you know, gossiping and having a great time on the phone. We used to talk all the time on the phone and Ava kept walking up to me with a Hershey kiss to open. And of course I was on the phone. I wasn't even paying attention. You know, you're just like doing something and you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Here you go. <laughs> and after about 20 minutes, I kind of came to and re- realized what am I doing? And I looked over and she had legitimately gone through almost an entire bag of Hershey kisses, <laughs> like a giant bag. Oh my God. I had just opened them up and she was sitting there with chocolate on her face, surrounded <laughs> by those silver, uh, rappers and uh yeah this I was is like, a well, win in her eyes <laughs> <laughs> she was like yeah for her she was like uh that was clearly a win mom but I felt like the worst mom because to me that was it wasn't so much that she was eating a bunch of Hershey kisses it was that I didn't even recognize it <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention <laughs> and I was like oh my god I'm the worst mom ever and of course my mother-in-law is like oh please you should hear the things I did. And right. it's just, I still use that as an example sometimes with my audience. Like, guys, sometimes we do things and we're just, we're not aware. We are human beings. We are learning. It's a funny anecdote now, eight years later. <laughs> like, it's it's all going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, and it's just one yeah. of those images. Like, we all have those images cemented in our minds some some mess that our toddler made that's just we're never gonna forget it so (laughs) oh my god yeah yeah my my stepmother likes to tell me that uh when when I was little I literally it was like before her and my dad even got married she fell asleep on the couch and I was about one and a half and I took the Vaseline out and I covered myself in Vaseline and oh. then I poured baby powder on myself. <gasps> so oh my I gosh. made a delicious, some kind of delicious cream all over Paste. myself. Oh um, my god! Yeah. So listen, we all do it. We oh, all go through it. We all so fall asleep funny. on the couch. It happens. So <laughs> my true. boys just barely did the Vaseline thing in their hair. They thought it was oh. hair. They thought it was hair gel, and they put it in their hair. And I kid you not, I gave them like four or five baths before yeah. their hair wasn't greasy anymore. So. Well, it's. It's literally 
a water repellent. So right. the whole point of Vaseline is to repel water. So then when you're trying to wash it, you're like, I can't get this out. I know. It's the worst. Well, I ended up actually using dish soap in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. good. Yeah. Degreaser for sure. <laughs> oh, and you know all about that cleaning stuff. We'll have to have you on yes. and do a whole nother cleaning episode. But absolutely. Anyways, we're so glad you came on. Um, yeah. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you and and what you're all about before we say goodbye to you? Yeah. So the best place to go is just my website. It's motherlikeaboss.com. That's where you can get all the information on the podcast and any new stuff that's going on. I usually have information on any free trainings, um, either on demand or live trainings that I'm doing, but that's really where all the good stuff is. So yeah, head over there. You're amazing. It's been so Thank fun you to talk so to you. Much. <laughs> I know. I Thank wish you, you I could appreciate just, like, it. be my next door neighbor and we can <laughs> hang out and chat Give all, us all day. the advice. I know. You're so great. <laughs> oh my God. You guys are so sweet. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kendra. We we just loved having you on and we hope to have you on again soon. Thank you very much. 